the who you're giving it to is more important than the what that you're giving. Most people get attached to, I wanna give something cool, I wanna give something with my logo or in my company colors. They don't care about your company colors, they care about their own company colors or their own brand or their own name. Hmm. So when we walk people through a relationship building process, we start talking about who are these people and what's their spouse's name and what's their kid's names. Welcome to One Next Step, the most practical business podcast in the world, helping you get more done, grow your business, and lead your team with confidence with tips and tools you didn't get in business school. Here are your hosts, Trisha Shortino and Lisa Zeveld. Welcome to One Next Step, the practical business podcast that helps you run your business so it stops running you. I'm Trisha. Hey, I'm LZ. In today's episode, we're talking about the psychology of gifting, why it matters to business owners, and how you can use it to increase referrals and strengthen retention. We are joined today by a world-class expert on corporate gifting, John Rulin. He's the founder of the Rulin Group, a gift strategy and logistics company, and has been featured in Inc., Forbes, and Entrepreneur Magazine. His clients have included the Chicago Cubs, Chevron, Caesars Palace, and UBS. Those are some pretty heavy hitters. (laughs) Yeah, very. But what I love about John is that he takes this idea of gifting to the next level. I mean, we're not talking about a branded coffee mug here. We're talking about thoughtful, curated gifts with a real strategy, or like John likes to call it, a recipe behind them. I can't wait to talk to him and really dig into how corporate gifting can make a huge difference. So let's get started. Hey, John, welcome to the One Next Step podcast today. Hey, thanks for having me. Okay, so before we start talking about all things giftology and gifting, we have an icebreaker question for you. We (laughs) want to know, what was the first concert you attended? The first concert I ever attended um, was uh, Michael W. Smith in college. (gasps) Wow. Okay. Yeah, I know. I know. He was uh, a good one. He was, no, it was, it was great. It was like a Christmas time. Went to Pennsylvania from Ohio, but Mm -hmm. growing up on a farm, like I didn't go to a lot of concerts. Concerts were as the, okay. First album. Album? Uh, My first album was when I was five years old and I, it was um, Michael Jackson's thriller. Oh my God. That was my first album. I swear. I'm not even lying. My first (laughs) album, Michael Jackson thriller. I was a little older than five. (laughs) (laughs) I probably shouldn't have had it when I was five, but I I somehow talked my mom into getting it. So thriller at five. To Michael W. Smith as your first. There's a lot in there. There's, There's a, a lot. lot. Those are my bookends. Those are my bookends. That says a lot right there. That's the I, journey. I, I found, found Jesus somewhere in there. Yeah, it's, uh, it's been a, it's, uh, yeah, it's been a, it's been a wild, a wild journey. But I, you know, I feel like they're both still great art. You know, like I still appreciate totally. both sides of the music. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. That's awesome. Thanks. I love it. Yeah. Good ice Um, Yes. Yeah. Well, before we started recording, I know we we started to cheat our audience out of so much good information. Um, (laughs) And so I'm going to gush about you one last time and just say, uh, John, been a huge fan of yours, uh, was gifted your book from a a peer, a friend of mine. And then since then, as I have told you before, I continue to pass it along to so many people and really refer them to giftology in your group. So um, again, thank you so much for being here. 
And, and I know that our audience is going to love to hear your story and, and really the whole concept and theory behind giftology as much as I do. So tell us, how did you come up with this concept? Like, what was the real impetus for you to have the idea of giftology? Yeah, well, I, I kind of mentioned it, like I didn't grow up around nice gifts. I grew up poor on a farm, one of six kids milking goats. So people will sometimes be like, John, you just must have, this must be like your love language or you grew up yeah. around like country club, like doing nice things. And, you know, like we grew up with plenty to eat, but I definitely didn't grow up with like the Air Jordans or the cool things, mm -hmm. you know, like I grew up wanting, wanting to, to get out of Dodge. And so one of my original mentors, when I was going to Malone University, small Christian school, I was going to go be a doctor because I was like, I want to make money and I don't want to be <laughs> poor anymore. So like doctors yeah. or lawyers are the only people. Uh, but an attorney <laughs> that was a mentor of mine, my girlfriend's dad was this rainmaker. Like he built relationships and, and loved on people and was radically generous. He'd find deals on noodles and buy like a semi-loaded noodles. And I'd be like, Paul, that was 40 grand. Are you nuts? And it wow. just, it wasn't a tactic. It's just who he was. But, yeah. you know, I saw where like 10 year and 20 year and 30 year seeds he had planted would come back and like he just owned mm -hmm. oil wells and banks and real estate. And he was just mm -hmm. a, an amazing relationship builder. And so I wanted to be him. I was like, Paul's 60. I'm 20 at the time. So I started to mimic what he was mm -hmm. doing, showing up for people powerfully, being radically generous, you know, sending mm -hmm. crazy knives that were engraved to people with their name and their spouse's name and the handwritten note carve out five minutes for me. And yeah. uh, I, I was interning with Cutco, the knife company, and the business just blew up. It, like I started to get referred to pro sports teams. And because at the end of the day, nobody cares about gifts. Let's be honest. Like it, it, even I own a gifting company and yeah. it's not the gift. The gift is the delivery vehicle for an emotion. And, mm -hmm. and, and that's what Paul really showed me. It was like, it was the, you know, it was the thoughtfulness. It was the, the, the engraving, the handwritten note, it was all the little things that most people cut out and they just, it's easier to order from Amazon. Paul would do the extra steps. And because of that, his relationships flourished. So like that was, he was a master, not gift giver. He was a master relationship builder. And so to this day, I, I put med school on hold and started a gifting agency so people could outsource their gifting. But people even, you know, now are like, they want to latch onto the thing and mm -hmm. it's not the stupid knife. It's not the whatever it's, it's how you make somebody feel that makes the relationship flourish. And so the core of giftology, ironically, isn't gifting. It's, it's more of the five love languages. Psychology. It's, it's psychology. It's like, right. So yeah. it's, it's, the, it's the psychology of the gifting process, like what's going through the mind of the recipient of the gift. So talk a little bit, sit there for a minute. Talk a little bit about the psychology of the gifting, you know, of the giver, of the receiver, and, you know, foundationally, you know, how that basically ties into the core principle of what you're, you're talking about. Yeah, well, what, what's interesting is every industry, whether it's pro sports, whether it's financial services, all industries, they all rise and fall in relationships. And so many people will build relationships and do conferences and dinners and whatever else at like this Ritz-Carlton level. And for whatever reason, they think they can go get gift at a Motel 6 level. And then they wonder why nobody cares about their tchotchke, their swag. Their, <laughs> their 99 cent keychain or whatever. Yeah, their keychain. Or there's, <laughs> hey, you, know, you did a million dollars in business or you referred us a $50,000 client. Here's your $5 Starbucks gift card. Like it doesn't, it doesn't resonate. It doesn't translate. So I, I, at a core level, the psychology is, you know, if you value a relationship, how you show up for that relationship will determine whether or not the relationship flourishes or not. 
And most people, they do some parts of their business or their benefits if they're for the employees. They do that at a level 10, a Ritz-Carlton level. And then they want to like mail it in and check a box and automate things or, hey, here, you've been with us for 10 years. Here's a catalog. Go pick your own gift. They don't understand what they're communicating in those business relationships is basically you aren't worth the time. You aren't worth the money. You aren't worth the energy. You don't matter. And, and so people wonder why they don't get referrals. They wonder why the retention sucks. It's, it's because they don't, they don't understand psychologically what they're communicating with their trinket, their swag, their touch point, their whatever. And so it's better to do nothing at all or to do something really well once than to basically say, hey, you don't matter. Here's a tangible form of mm-hmm. I didn't know you well enough or all of those things. So psychologically, they're communicating the wrong things to employees, clients, centers of influence, whatever else. Because at, at the end of the day, we're just human beings and there are psychological triggers that we all have. And we all want to be, I don't care if you're the janitor or the a billionaire, we all want to be treated in a certain way to make a, you know, that relationship feel special. Yeah. So what's the secret sauce behind it? Because I don't think that people set out, right, to not, um, to your point, they're looking for the easy button to do it fast because they want to recognize that, you know, as a, as a leader in the organization, I want to recognize that person who's been around five years, but I yeah. may not know how to do it well. Maybe I didn't come from a background or any of that. So, so what, yeah, practically speaking, how do we do this? Well, I think there, like anything, there's a recipe, you know, like mm-hmm. if you want to bake bread, you know, that people all the time say, well, John, I do giftology. And I'm like, do you follow the recipe? They're like, well, I do giftology-ish. I'm like, well, imagine if you bake, bake bread a hundred thousand times, but you don't put yeast in. I don't care how many times you do it or what your intention. People are like, oh, John, it's the thought that counts. I'm like, no, that's BS. It's the thoughtful thought that counts. It's, nobody it, wants to that's eat what, crappy bread. Nobody wants to eat crappy bread. And, and at the end of the day, like, even if you spend, I, I talk about like soup, like imagine if you're making lobster bisque and you take 12 hours and make the lobster and this, you know, all this stuff. If you serve the lobster bisque and there's a fly in it, I don't care that you spent 12 hours and had the great intentions. All people can focus on is the hair of the fly. And so I think that what, you know, there is a system, there is a process. And so a lot of the things that we teach, whether we do it for the client or whether they do it on their own, like there has to be a handwritten note. That's part of the secret sauce. Why? Because it's from one human to another human. It's not automated. It's not from Amazon. It's not, it's, it's a, even if you're sending the same thing to 10,000 people, the little parts that communicate while wow, there was thought put into this and the handwritten note is one of those things that matters. The other thing is no logos. People fight me on this all the time. Like, John, but mm-hmm. our brand, our brand. I'm like, would you ever go to your best friend's wedding and on the Tiffany's vase, put belay on the Tiffany's vase that you're giving to your friends? Nobody would do that because it that would be tacky. But we do it in business and we call it branding and marketing. A gift by its very nature is recipient focused. It'd have their last name, their family name, their spouse's name, their wedding date, whatever it is. So I think a lot of times people don't understand that they're like the who you're giving it to is more important than the what that you're giving. Most people get attached to, I want to give something cool. I want to give something with my logo or in my company colors. They don't care about your company colors. They care about their own company colors or their own brand or their own name. <laughs> so when we walk people through a relationship building process to, to execute for them, like we start talking about who are these people and what's their spouse's name and what's their kids' names. And what's like, we have this step-by-step process in fact, your entire tribe can go download what we walk people through and charge thousands of dollars. They go to giftologysystem.com. They can download 
who they should be sending gifts to, what they should be budgeting, what are the things you should be thinking about, what are the secret parts of the recipe. None of it's rocket science. It's just very difficult if you want to scale the thoughtfulness to not just one person. Like anybody can be a great gift giver to one. It's when you have to do it to hundreds or thousands or tens of thousands where the system right. starts to break down and people start cutting corners because it's too hard yeah. and it's too clumsy and it's, oh, I don't really know that person that well. And that's where you start spending money and don't realize that you're actually spending money to have a negative consequence. That's not a good investment. we were talking about people being too nice and how, I mean, cause I want to come back around to that. And you said that, yeah, because people are too nice. They'd actually don't tell you that you're a horrible gift giver. <laughs> right. Or it they don't want to wear yeah, your company logo. They're not going to wear that shirt to the beach or whatever, because no. they don't work there. You know, LZ, you know, says all the time, when we're talking about gifting, we always say anything with our name on it's not a gift. Our swag well, that is not a John. gift. <laughs> yeah, our swag. That's from you, It's John. not a gift. It's a uniform. Yeah. It's a uniform. Yes. It's a. It's, it's great for employees who actually work here. They think it's yeah. cool because they they love being here. But our our clients and you know everybody. But even else them, e even the employee wouldn't necessarily call it a gift. It's it's part of the uniform. It's part of the perks mm. of working. But nobody's like. Like, you know, like, you know, on their last day, like, oh my gosh, like the, the sweatshirt or the polo shirt, like, yeah, it's cool. It's, you know, hopefully it's a Lululemon or something that's world-class and fits well and quality, but nobody's like, oh, nobody would call that an artifact to me. Like we mm -hmm. don't call them gifts anymore. We call them an artifact. Like in Joey's the one that taught me this, Joey Coleman, who, you know, mutual friend, mm -hmm. he's like, you want to give something that weaves into the fabric of their life that if their house was on fire, they'd grab it. Well, it's not the most, you know, it's not the necessarily the most valuable things that you would grab in your house. It's pictures. It's maybe your flag. If you're one of a parent or grandparent served in the military, it's something that has a story attached to it. And so, so many times people are like, John, why the stupid knives? And I'm like, well, if something gets used to break bread with your inner circle for 10, 20, 30, 40 years, that becomes a, an artifact. They trigger. It's something that wo wove into that family's life. And so a lot of the things that we do, people are like, man, that's weird. Why knives? Why, why the crazy artifact mug that costs a thousand dollars? I'm like, because it, the story, the meaning, the usefulness, the it's tied into that fabric. And Joey's like, John, I love working with you because your gifts become artifacts. They become yeah. something meaningful that tells a story that has all these memories that are attached to it because they became a part of the family's life. And so that's where, and the feedback is like you get the polo shirt or you get the cooler with a big logo. I'm like, you know, like it's not a gift. It's really it's, you're trying to turn that person into a billboard for you. It's a manipulation. Mm -hmm. And that's not a gift. Like nothing wrong with mm -hmm. it. But let's like let's put yeah. it into the right category. It's a promotional item. It's a marketing ploy. It's a marketing tool. But nobody's going to confuse in their head. Oh, my gosh, you gave me X, Y and Z with your logo on it. Like, wow, what a thoughtful gift. They're thinking, oh, that's cool marketing swag. And those are, those hit the heart level. If you want to move somebody's heart, whether as an employer or client, like that's a different angle. That's a different strategy than, you know, blasting swag out all over the city. Yeah. Yeah. My son jokes around. We have great tea. Blay has awesome t-shirts, but he, he's in college and he jokes around because obviously I'm an employee of Belay. He jokes around that's his sponsorship shirt. 
So yeah. he says, he's, a, he's sponsored salary by is paid for his right. education. You know? so right? It pays for him. So, it, you know. I'm glad they wear it since you're paying for Exactly. Yeah, in, in contrast, though, right? But in contrast, um, after your book was shared with me, and it is something, I can't say that I do it 100% all the time, but, but it, it resonated with me. And I remember the first Christmas after, we gave these phenomenal handcrafted bags that were actually a mission, Christian mission-focused organization out of Africa that is putting women to work by making these incredible bags. And um, still, gosh, that's probably been four or five years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, our team members who have even left still continue to carry that bag because it came with a super cool story. It's not yep. branded, right? And it was constructed amazingly. And so to your point, it's become an artifact for so many people because it has nothing to do with where they worked. It actually came from a place of our heart of wanting to give them something to show, which was, it was actually a kind of a bad time, even in our business, there was a lot of change going on. And they, they carry it um, because it was so thoughtful. We went above and beyond mm -hmm. with it. You think about it, if they carry that bag every day for five years, that's 1500 thoughts that are mm -hmm. positively subconsciously. You talk about yeah. psychological, yeah. like we, we return a phone call or a text message to people differently based upon the depth of the relationship. We refer mm -hmm. based upon the depth of the, do we like them, trust them? All these things subconsciously happen. And so people don't understand like, why you spend so much on an artifact? Well, because it could move somebody's heart to be like, wow, this person thought about me, cares about me. You know, like there's a relationship there versus a trans, everybody says they're in the relationship business, but most people only gift at transactional times. They give gifts at, after a deal's done or after referrals mm -hmm. given or at expected times. So I think that like what you did there and, and what's cool is there's no logo and yet they still subconsciously think about you in the relationship and who gave it to them without a logo. That's where people mess right. up. They, they actually spend money to put a logo on it and it actually makes it less likely that less the person valuable. will think of it. Way less valuable. It devalues. Less valuable, the even though it costs you more to put the logo on it. <laughs> yeah. Horrible. Well, so, Horrible yes. strategy. <laughs> well, so two, two questions. Number one, you kind of just tease it. So gift timing. Let's talk about timing of gifts. And also, I mean, if you're on a budget, like what is an appropriate budget for gifting if you're a small business and maybe your clients are not bringing in $50,000 per transaction. What is like the, yeah. you know, gifting ratio? And then What's timing. the ratio? Yeah, yeah there's a math ratio and time. Oh, there yeah, is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's, we, even though like people are like, oh, the gifting thing, it's like woo woo, like just hold hands and sing kumbaya and everything will work out. Like, no, there has to, like, this is just like any other part of your business, marketing, leadership, whatever else, like it should be a reinvestment strategy. So mm -hmm. timing is just as important, if not more than what you're sending. Mm -hmm. So Ritz Carlton has surprise and delight. Like it's really, we call it planned randomness. We lay out for clients, employees, whatever else, here's the times we're going to send it. And it's not tied to, I call it no ABC gifting. If you only do things for your spouse on anniversaries, birthdays, Valentine's Day, and Christmas, those are table stakes times. Nobody earns brownie points when they show up for an anniversary nope. gift. <laughs> They're you expected show up on to. <laughs> You're expected to. So there's like, you just stay it even. And in, in business, same thing. Anniversaries, birthdays, Christmas. Like, so we don't let, allow clients to send gifts between Thanksgiving and Christmas, not because we're the Grinch. It's because if as an entrepreneur, as a, whether you have a million dollar company or a billion dollar company, you don't have unlimited resources. You want to invest a dollar and get $10 back out that happens because you surprise somebody. So I call it like you don't give gifts at expected times at obligatory times. 
So the most powerful time to show up for a spouse or a client or employee is just because I was thinking of you. Two to four times a year, not tied to anything, hey, I was thinking of you. So you could send the same gift to 10,000 people and everybody's getting it and being like, I didn't do a deal, I didn't do a referral, it's not renewal time, they were just thinking of me. Now you take a, maybe not even a big gift, but now they're like, wow, this person was just thinking of me versus they felt like they had to based upon a transactional carrot and stick or you've been here five years or whatever. Those are obligatory times. So timing is super important. And so many people, they get it wrong. They do the Christmas gifts, they do the anniversary gifts and they're like, yeah, nobody really cares. I'm like, I don't care because they were expecting to get something. That surprise element changes everything Mm -hmm. in all relationships because you're choosing to do it because you wanted to, not because you had to. And then on the the budget side, so whether you're a $100,000 company or Google, the budget numbers are the same. It's a reinvestment. I call it a reverse tithe. So five to 15%, 10% average of net profit back into the relationship. So if you made a hundred grand last year, that's, you're reinvesting 10 grand. People are like, that's a lot of money. And I'm like, you get to keep 90 grand. The person's, those people are buying their own gifts basically, but you're choosing to do it thoughtfully. And the goal is not just to check a box. The goal is to keep the relationship, to grow the relationship. And the secret sauce is you get Joey Coleman's and all of your clients out there actively selling on your behalf. I have some clients that literally like seven figures have come from them going out and selling and advocating for our clients. So you invest, mm-hmm. it's called it 20 grand, maybe in one relationship, you're like, it's a lot of money. And I'm like, if seven figures comes back in, that's a 50 X return mm-hmm. on relationship. Show me a Facebook ad campaign where you get 50 X. You can't, there's no more powerful thing than to invest in human beings. The relationship is still one of the most powerful things. So 10% of net, I don't care if you have a, you know, I don't care what size company you have. I, I started mm-hmm. when I was in college at $500 a month is what I was investing as a 21 year old. So people are like, oh, John, I can't afford to do it. I'm like, take your beer budget money or your Facebook, you know, <laughs> slip, carve off some of this budget over here, over there. People will add employees and not think it twice about it. I'm like, you just added a hundred, 200, $500,000 to overhead. What about taking a portion of that and reinvesting it back into the people you currently have, the clients you currently have. And so it, that, that 10% is kind of the mid-tier number. And, 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 mm-hmm. and even if you don't have money as a college kid, like I tell people, anybody can handwrite a note. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I, I think the note sometimes is more powerful than the artifact because the note provides meaning and thoughtfulness and, and creates context. And so anybody that pushes back and says, oh, my client can't receive a gift. I'm like, they can receive a handwritten note. That's why I spend $10 on our sheet of, le- of metal letterhead. I handwrite all, thousands of notes mm-hmm. on sheets of steel that cost 10 bucks each. And people get it and, and it's more valuable than the $500 mm-hmm. Apple watch because they're like, wow, somebody took time to put really a lot of thought into this note. And you know, the Apple watch was, oh, we just outsourced it to Target or Walmart or whatever. So mm-hmm. you know, any size company can incorporate this. Well, and I love it too, because um, I have actually taken a lot of this even into my personal relationships too. And so, um, you know, we, we kind of joke around, what will my kids need therapy for? Um, hopefully it's not for gifting, but after <laughs> reading your book and oddly enough, something that Gene Simmons said from, yes, from the rock band Kiss, <laughs> is that on those ABC holidays, right? Anniversaries, birthdays, and Christmas, we have found that they feel a little obligatory, and so we kind of minimize them in our family. We do with our kids because we actually like to do the things that are not required, air quotes, 
right? We like yeah. to do the surprise wows. And so it could be in the middle of May and I might buy a bigger a gift because I just want to versus having to feel like I'm required to buy that big gift at Christmas. And it has changed the way even my family looks at material goods and looks mm-hmm. at the way that we show love to each other. And so when you do that with your friends and your colleagues and your family, it really starts this tribe of, of and culture of generosity because it really is coming from the right place. And I think that as we move as this culture of bigger is better, you start to bring it down really to what matters most. Yep. No, I, I mean, you teach your kids to say please and thank you, not once a year, every time, right. every day. Every time, yeah. And yet in gifting, we do it like at Christmas or a birthday. Like, no, mm-hmm. like love on yeah. people, 20, you know, 365. Don't wait mm-hmm. for like some time in the dis- Don't wait for an employee to stick around for 25 years and give them the gold watch. I'm like, we try to figure yeah. out, we do nicer things for most people when they start on day one to welcome them mm-hmm. or their spouse, or whatever else. And then most people do it at 10 years or 20 years. I want to celebrate yeah. people now, mm-hmm. not you have to check a box and beat your 10,000 hours before yeah. you're going to get yeah. some vacuum cleaner or something out of a crappy magazine you don't even want. Like I, right. I just had a call a couple mm-hmm. hours ago with somebody who's like, yeah, I worked at Stryker and it was like, yeah, I ended up like, I've been there so long. He's like, everybody at 10 years, they didn't know what else to get. So they all just picked the telescope. They didn't need it. It was the only thing they thought was somewhat interesting or whatever else, mm-hmm. but it was like, here's one of your 20 things to pick from. So, so right. many people have that mentality of like, here's a little box you got to fit in. And this is the time you send a gift. Like, no, you should be finding creative reasons to love on people. And then relationships first, because people realize that you, you went out of your way to do something for them. And, uh, and now there's a fun story and, and all that tied into it as well. Well, how about, so we like to consider ourselves the most practical business podcast in the world. Okay, it's Mm self-proclaimed. I think we're pretty Um, stinking practical. I know, we are pretty (laughs) practical. So, um, you know, we've got, you know, SMB, small to medium-sized businesses right now that are listening, and uh, they are really grooving with what we're saying. They're, They're on board for it. What is the first practical step that they can take to start implementing this, not only with their business, but their whole life? Like, what is something practical they can do today? Yeah, well, I mean, I think that it's it's very popular. I love, I know the guys who started the five-minute journal. Uh, I know mm-hmm. Tim Ferriss award like 10,000 of them and passing them out. And, yeah. you know, the idea of taking time to identify all the relationships, do a 360-degree view of all the relationships that have allowed you to build a half million, million, $5 million company. It's mentors, it's advisors, it's influencers, it's employees, maybe past employees. If you would take and do the five-minute journal and write down three people that you're grateful for, but over the next year, you'll end up with a thousand people to wow. appreciate clients, centers mm-hmm. of influence. Like, think about that. Like that's a lot. And most people, when they start writing down, they start realizing, wow, there's been a lot of people that have gotten me to where I'm at now. And if I want to get from a million dollars to $10 million, there's a lot of relationships I need to pour into to have in my corner if I want to get to that next level. But if you have to identify the people and then gratitude isn't just a feeling. I think it's very like, oh, I feel gratitude. Great. Show me with your time in your pocketbook. Show me like, show me your calendar, show me your checkbook. I'll tell you what your priorities are. So if you start like one person, 10 people, 100 people, like, but make it a math equation. Say, I have this much business right now. I have this, these relationships and, you know, start to figure out if I can't do 100 people really well, maybe it's 10, maybe it's 20, maybe it's five. 
but put real thought intention. Like people are like, John, I, you know, I, I need your help to, you know, it's my wife's and I's 25th anniversary. And I'm like, I can't help you gift your wife or your <laughs> husband. Like you should have been like, anybody can do this if they put the intentionality that they put into their fantasy football league into their relationships, they'll do, they'll flourish. They'll do well. And so I think it's a matter of identifying the people, identify whatever your net profit is, and then start to take the steps to commit time, energy, intentionality, and strategy and walk before you run. You don't have to start out with, you know, doing something for thousands of people. It oftentimes it's 10 people or 25 people that really make your business tick or that will make your business tick, but start like the, it's a, you know, gratitude's an action. It's not just a feeling. Yeah. Perfect. Love it. And I like how you said, even just a handwritten note, right? Mm -hmm. Like, like every, I mean, we can all afford a stamp and a note (laughs) card, right? Maybe it's not that cool sheet of metal that you have, but everybody Mm -hmm. right now has a piece of paper, a pen, and can afford a stamp to send something. Um, So I think too, you know, that helps break it down. Yeah. If you want, if you want to cry and have the other person cry, especially in, in, you know, 2021, take that note and go read it to them in person. Oh, oh. your gratitude okay. and joy and endorphins will go up. It's, there's all kinds of studies on happiness and all these th- research. Take the handwritten note, put an hour or even, you know, even 20 minutes into writing something thoughtful, not thanks so much for being, a, you know, like go deep. But if you want to, if you want to cry and make the other person cry, go read it to them in person. And I challenge you not to cry but it's, they'll never forget it. They'll never get rid of that note. Just put the work in. Yeah. It, it's, it's that part in, in any business, right? It's, yeah. it's, uh, yeah. it's, it's not always, you know, sexy or pretty, but it's, it's, yeah, it's rolling up your sleeves and being putting the time, energy and effort into, you know, to relationships and the effort does matter. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this has been incredible, John. Thank you so much. I feel like I could just continue to talk to you all day, but it's been, uh, you know, five years in the making that I have wanted to uh, to actually meet you and talk with you. So super grateful for your time and for joining the podcast and really helping our listeners understand the true meaning behind a gift and the true meaning behind gratitude. And uh, we'll definitely point them. Can you give us that that address again where they can go and download uh, the guide? Yeah, giftologysystem.com. Uh, is, uh, is, is kind of the first step. Awesome. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Hey, thank you guys. Manti, that was some good stuff today. John truly brought some good nuggets. That was just he like Jim. He did. <laughs> I, he did. He put, I, it's, it's truly, I feel like, a lost art of appreciating yeah. relationship. You know, there's so few organizations and people out there who truly understand the value to, you know, truly being thoughtful in your kind of client experience. I'm going to use business as an example since we're here talking about business. But yeah, I I think, you know, I kind of wish, right? You know, more transactions Mm -hmm. with with businesses that we we deal with were really as thoughtful as, you know, John kind of talks about in his giftology and and all of it. It's a lost art. It truly is. Yeah. And I think that it's hard, right? It probably gave some of our listeners, you know, the hair stood up on the back of their neck when they're like, don't send a gift that has your brand on it. Because we're hard. We're so guilty. Oh, I know. I know. Guilty. We just spent a whole bunch of money buying branded gifts, Swag. too. <laughs> Um, But 
we're just hard- like cups and mugs. Yeah, we're <laughs> hardwired to do that. And so um, I think that's just such a great reminder. Mm-hmm. I loved his terminology in this. I don't actually believe this was in the book. He'll probably prove me wrong if I asked it. But the fact of giving an artifact. Mm. That word, yeah. The art, the word of an artifact. Mm-hmm. Like if your house was on fire, God forbid, would it be something that you would actually miss or try to grab, you know, whatever mm-hmm. that thing is? And I need to remember that. That was really key mm-hmm. for me, that that word artifact. I think I'm going to use that more often. Is And, and even mm-hmm. like I'm thinking about we gift our team members at on Christmas, yeah. you know, yeah. and I'm in charge of that, of coming up with ideas. We, of course, as a team decide, but I bring the ideas to the table and— um it's got my wheels turning. Yeah. No, I, I I think as an organization, we do a really good job with this. We have different gifting mm-hmm. programs and frugal we wow do. programs, and we are mindful to not put our logo on everything. We really yeah. are. But I think he, it was just a great reminder that we can do better, actually. Mm-hmm. We can do better. Yeah. And especially I like how he said even tying in family members. So, you know, in the book, he talks about the Cutco knives and how you know, putting a family name on that. And so, yeah, because you don't want to throw something with your name, with your name on it. Now, another business name, of course, but your name. And do uh, you want to know something? Yes. I have a set of Cutco knives. No, you do not. (laughs) I have my name on them and I use them all the time. No I got them as a gift. I did. I got them as a gift from a, from a vendor that we used to use. Yeah. Uh, they must have read they must John's use book. They, <laughs> they read his book. They, they read did. his book. They did. They're yeah. pretty awesome. <laughs> I always say if somebody breaks into the house, I'm going right for it. So <laughs> that's, that's awesome. That's awesome. I never knew anybody. So now I do. Yeah. I'm like proof. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> All right. Well, as always, we have a download for you so that you can take your one next step. John, our guest, has offered a compliment copy of his gifting playbook. It's a step-by-step guide to help you discover how to create your own 30x ROI gift marketing campaign. Yes, if you want the download, text the phrase one next step to 31996 or visit one next step podcast.com and you'll find all the details on that resource as well as notes from today's show. Thank you for joining us today. We will see you next week for another episode of the one next step. Start by making today count. Hey guys, please tune in to the podcast next week when Belay's very own Vice President of Revenue, Lisa Seal, will join us to share how to better overcome objections in the sales process. You don't want to miss this. And here is a preview of what you can expect. Those are the stories that we would hear that, you know, I went on a date night with my wife for the first time in six months because I was able to step away. And and that is for a salesperson to hear that. That's the win. You know, most people think salespeople are point operated and we certainly, we love a a good competition, but really it's those stories that you hear that just fills your heart if you're an empathetic, servant-hearted salesperson. Thanks for listening to One Next Step. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or follow us on Spotify. Then join us next time for more practical business tips and tools to help you get more done, grow your business, and lead your team with confidence. For more episodes, show notes, and helpful resources, visit onenextsteppodcast.com.